0: Hello, Chamber members and listeners, wherever you may be. Welcome to this episode of the Make a Point podcast. My name is Jared Gruccio, alongside your co-host, Dawn Hunter, the Executive Director here at the Greater Vineland Chamber of Commerce. All right. Today, prepared, be prepared to be impressed. We are talking to a CEO of a business that's been open since 1946 when his grandfather started his glass facility in Newfield, New Jersey. 74 years the business has been open. What started in a 1,500 square foot facility morphed into a three-facility location inside the Vineland Industrial Park. In the 1980s, the family pivoted from assisting glass companies in making additional products that would allow them to make their finished concept? Well, ChemGlass said, if they can do it, let's give it a try. And business took off, and they began delivering... And business took off, and they began delivering their product to end customers like research laboratories and universities, basically anyone that was conducting research. Again, in 2008, ChemGlass pivoted, changed their name from ChemGlass to ChemGlass Life Sciences, which allowed them to change with the marketplace and not be left behind. Sound familiar to the situation we're in now? And talking to Dave and talking to this CEO now is very relevant because his glass company and the business that they're in, they actually have six current customers that are working on the COVID-19 vaccine. So it's very interesting to hear from a man who has such a high level business acumen and experience in the glass business, but then be so knowledgeable of chemistry and biochemistry, and life sciences. It's very, very interesting. He has to speak to doctors and scientists and help them understand what the glass is used for, what chemicals can it be used with or not with, and and what products are in their pipeline that may be the best for the job that's at that scientist's hands. And if you like beer, we'll even talk to Dave about his partnership in a local craft brewery called Neck of the Woods. And we'll talk about some of the type of beers that he brews, the flavors, how they came up with the names, and even one of Dave's personal favorite that he recommends you try. And stick around to the end where we discuss about adaptation and why it'll be the key to succeeding in business in our post-COVID world. And we even discuss how our chamber, or potentially your local chamber of commerce, can help you in these tough times. Enjoy the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave
1: Cernum. So
2: Dave, thanks for joining us today. Um, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day. Uh, tells us that you're, you, you're serious about supporting the chamber. Is that true?
1: Absolutely, yeah, and thanks for having me. I appreciate
2: it. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we know that you served on the board a a long, long time, uh, long before I was part of the board of directors with the Vineland Chamber, but um, enlighten me how you got started with the board of directors and why you were interested in supporting the community that way.
1: Absolutely. Well, a friend of mine, Paige Desiri, who was the executive director before dawn, actually reached out to me and uh, asked me to join the board because at the time they had no manufacturers on the board and i was interested in serving and getting more involved with the chamber
3: wow and dave you've served um 14 years for us so we really appreciate that service
1: thank you yeah glad to do it
3: yeah that was a long that's a long time
1: (laughs) i was there when you were hired Don.
3: yes Yes. so that was yeah. And so you were a newbie then. You were almost four years, right?
1: Yeah, I think Bob Desanta was the president, if I recall.
3: He was. He was. And um, yeah, we really appreciate all your support of what you've done for our organization and all you've contributed um, to the board in so many different ways. And I know that that's um, kind of intrinsic uh, to your being uh, because you support the community as well in other ways. Um, So tell us a little bit about like. What makes you give
1: back? Well, our family has been very blessed and fortunate over the 74 years that ChemGlass has been in existence. And uh, if you can't give back some of what we've earned over the years, then uh, no sense being around, in my opinion. So you have to share, share some of it. That's for sure. And, and uh, that's what we try to do here in our family. And, and our employees do the same thing as well.
3: Yeah, let's talk about your company a little bit, 74 years?
1: 74 years, started in 1946 by my grandfather.
3: Yep. Wow, That's and just by himself, or did he have a partner?
1: Or uh, By himself at first, then he had a partner, and uh, we started in a little town that you're familiar with, obviously Newfield, uh, very close to here, and we had about maybe 1,500 square feet, and then grew a little bit. We moved over to Vineland in 1980. We were the second building in the Violent Industrial Park. Wow. <laughs> and then grew expanded from there. Uh, at 3861 North Mill Road across the street from this building that I'm in now. Uh, purchased this building and retrofitted it in 2005. And then one year ago we added uh, the new building which is right next door to this facility. Uh, so we have three locations here in the Violent Industrial Park total.
3: And uh, chem glass life sciences, um, so tell the public a little bit about the product. Like, has it always been the same or how has it evolved and, you know, what do, what do you do there?
1: Good question. So uh, how we started originally in 1946 was we supplied parts to the, uh, as you know, Violin is very big in the, the glass industry. We supplied parts to other glass companies in the Violin area and throughout the country so they can make the finished apparatus. And in the 80s, my grandfather and father had the idea of, so you know what, They're, they've been doing it all these years, let's, let's try it. So we, we moved into the finished apparatus to supply laboratories and colleges and universities, pharmaceutical companies, anybody doing research. So that evolved, uh, started, like I said, in like the mid to late 80s. And then in 2008, we decided to uh, change our name to ChemGlass Life Sciences to incorporate the um, influx of the new biochemistry or biologicals that are, chemistry is kind of changing into biochemistry or living chemistry. So to change with the market and not be left behind, we decided to get into the life science field.
3: Hmm. That's so interesting. So your business must be booming right now. Uh,
1: we, we do have, uh, six of our customers are currently working on the COVID-19 vaccine. As wow. We- so it's wow. quite interesting as we interact with them and with yeah. their, they're using our products to investigate these, not just those, that particular vaccine, but
3: other drugs as well. So that must give you a lot of pride.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it
3: does. Yeah, to be part of something that's so, <clears throat> excuse me, so vital and so important to the world.
1: It's, it's pretty neat, actually.
3: Yeah. And how many people do you employ, Dave?
1: Uh, we currently have, uh, 200, I think, believe it's 221 people.
3: That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And you have, uh, a side business. Correct. Yeah. What would you like to tell us about that?
1: Uh, I am a partner in neck of the woods, brewing company in Pittman, New Jersey. And, uh, my, with my partner, Frank and my partner, Paul. So we, uh, I have a microbrewery or craft brewery in, in Gloucester County, so that's been pretty fun.
3: And what made you decide to do that?
1: My crazy partner Frank talked me into it. So, <laughs>
2: and I, I like think you have an, I think you have some creative names for your beers. I uh, lot P for one of them. Um, Correct. Uh, I know you're a big Phillies and Eagles fan, so I guess that's where that comes from.
1: Right, is, that's is a there a tailgate? <laughs>
2: That's where you tailgate. Yeah. Is there any, uh, any names of the beer, the variety of beers that you personally came up with?
1: Well, uh, not directly. Well, yes and no, but we have a beer called our PTP Porter's pits. uh, Two of us live in Pittsgrove and my other partner lives in Pitts, in Pittman. So that's Pittsgrove to Pittman. Um, oh, that's what that stands for and then my partner's name is Frank so we have a, a beer called stay in the car Frank
2: stay in the car Frank I like that one that's it's pretty cool
1: to worry about the construction because we would none of us had really done construction before so our, our contractor would always tell us hey Frank stay in the car he, he would always tell us to stay stay in the car so it was, it was a, he would tell us that's how we got that name to stay in the car Frank so people <laughs> relate to that they everybody thinks it's from always
3: sunny in Philadelphia, but it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so creative. It's funny, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, these got cool names. What's your, what's your favorite craft beer that you're producing now?
1: Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, all of them, but uh, I, if, I had to answer. One, if I had to pick one, it would probably be our Pink Guava Lime Goza, which is a sour, uh, obviously, with guava in it and lime and, and some sea salt, which is really good. And it's very low in alcohol and very refreshing.
2: Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to try that one as a fan of Sour Monkeys and, yep. and some other things. So, uh, yeah, excited to check you guys out. Where, where are you exactly located? I know you're, uh, for some of our listeners, you're, you're in a good area.
1: Yeah, technically, even though our mailing address is Pittman, we're technically in Mantua Township. Uh, so, we are on 614 Lambs Road in Mantua Township in the total turf facility. So, it's a large sports complex uh, in the back of the building there.
3: We rent part of that space
2: that's, that's super cool.
3: So Dave, I always like to ask people, um, what are they most proud of in their lives? Like if you could, you know, what's the one thing or maybe two things that you point at and say, wow, I, I was really proud of myself that I actually got through that or did that or.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the, uh, proud to see how much chem glass has grown since I've been in the company uh, in the early 90s uh, to now and obviously the to where the brewery has gone from when we we opened in May of last year to now and of course there was a couple of years of planning involved in that uh, leading up to that but, uh, but I have a two-part answer if you don't mind. You know, probably the, just obviously the growth and amazing people that we have here and employees at Chemless that make this company successful every day. So very proud of our employees here.
3: As you should be, I know that um, I've toured your facility and um, it shows the the appreciation and the relationship that um, the owners and management have with the employees. And you have, you have employees that don't leave
1: you we know, have one gentleman that's been here 62 years, actually. He's been here longer than my
3: father. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's amazing. I, w- I
2: was going to say the same, Dawn. I had the opportunity to tour the ChemGlass facility. Dave was gracious enough to take me through and uh, everything. Uh, what, what, how did you put it, Dave? Hand, eye, hand blown? Hand blown, yeah. Eye. eye yeah,
1: uh, uh, skill level there. That's beyond my skill level, that's for sure
2: yeah no templates for the glass that they make and uh
1: by hand by eye yeah.
2: by, by hand by eye so that that was really cool and you had a claim to fame that kind of took me back uh would are you able to share uh that that claim to fame
1: as far as i mean i, I think
2: uh, one of your larger units that you create um
1: made uh, have- an
2: aid in, in developing a, a famous drug
1: Yeah, I believe you're speaking about the Pfizer uh, for the um, implementation of Viagra. They actually used our vessels to famous drug, yeah. And there was another one where they had used it for Advil. Um, See the pilot plant reactors are are vessels that they'll start with maybe like one liter of, compound and they, they investigate it, try it out, then they go to the FDA and they go, hey, I think we got something here. Can we go to phase two? And then they scale up and they scale up again and scale up again. Eventually the largest vessel we sell is 100 liter. Usually when it's in a 100 liter batch, it's ready to go to market to where they can get FDA stage three approval and and get it out there to the public and mark, make it a large, you know, that's where they can mass produce it.
3: And if so I if could it, do my... Oh, sorry, Jared. Um, no, no worries, say, go ahead Dawn. I was just gonna say, it's interesting um, because you don't have to, it's not that you just know about making glass, scientific glass, you have to know about the whole process of what the glass is, is being used for okay. and, and how that all works so you can work with your customers.
1: The you know, our tech service department uh, deals with these PhDs and college professors and these people all the time that call up and say, hey, can I use it with this chemical or can I use it with this compound or... So they're, again, beyond my knowledge level too. They, they get asked these questions all the time and they uh-huh. have to be ready with the answers, right?
3: Yeah, right. Or at least know how to find them, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes Google comes into play. but. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's one thing to have business acumen but to hear you talk about chemistry and life sciences and being on the forefront of uh, medicine is is kind of is kind of cool to hear from you and it comes from vineland new jersey people
3: um
1: pretty amazing so
3: Dave, let's go on a little personal side um tell us about your family and your personal life anything you want to share
1: I live with my wife Regina in Pittsburgh Township. I have two children who just completed the 11th grade and eighth grade. So I now officially have two high schoolers now since my daughter will be in ninth grade next year. This is our next school year. This is crazy. And my son is driving.
3: Wow. Uh, Right. Yeah, that adds a whole level of worry, right?
1: Absolutely. He's a pretty good driver, thankfully,
3: knock on wood. Right, (laughs) right. right. And so, Obviously, your grandfather and your father um, have been role models for you. Is there anyone else that's been a real role model for you growing up?
1: I would say my all, my, all, my aunts and uncles, uh, both on my mom and my dad's side. You know, my mother, my mother's one of six, the uh, Brady bunch. There are three girls, three boys, so I always looked up to them, and as, as well as my aunt Kathy on my dad's side.
3: Wow. And how come? Like, what, what, what was it? The,
1: was their, it the work ethic? Or? Yeah, I was just going to say, your work ethic, very tenacious people, just always got up in the morning, went to work no matter what, never complained about anything, and, and neither did any of my grandparents. Of course, they grew up during the Depression, so nobody was complaining about anything back then, really. You know, just got up and did it, So, which is very yeah. amazing to me. Yeah,
3: I think that's true. Um, I think successful people, they just have this uh, nature about them
1: to
3: say, well, you just got to do it to get it done.
1: Yeah. And just do it.
3: Yeah. You just keep moving forward. And um, so how do you stay positive?
1: Uh, To be honest with you, just uh, walking around the shop every morning, I see that just, again, not to brag about our employees, but they're such great people and we have a very good relationship that really Brings a positive vibe to how we operate here at Chemblast, kind of like a big family. And uh, that really puts a smile on my face every day when I walk in, you know.
3: That's great. That's, it's so important to be um, wanting to go and do your, I, I think for you, it's a calling. It's not a work, you know. It's, yeah, it's,
1: it's not. I don't look at it as work. It's just kind of, you know, part of the day, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, it's who you are. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It shows. It shows. Thank you. Jerry. So what
2: are you uh, working on now, Dave? What are you, what are you getting better at in your life?
1: Well, that's a good good question. I guess you always strive to, I'm one of those people that never stop learning and Carpe Diem you know, sees the day. Uh, just trying to learn more about not only a capital S, but the brewing process since I'm my partner, Frank is the master brewer, but I, I, try to learn as much from him as I can, you know, uh, just trying to keep learning as much as I can, Jared, answer your question. Like, as I was working on a quote earlier today from one of our customer, customers at a college, and I said, well, so I was wondering what they're working on. So I emailed the professor and said, if you don't mind, and they love to talk about it. So uh, sometimes it's secret, but I asked him what he was working on, and he had answered me and said he was working on these different compounds for this one particular drug, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's pretty fascinating, What it's neat to see what they're using our products for. I'm always curious why and what they're
3: working on. Yeah, and that can so um, help you make a better product, the more yeah. you learn about what it's being used for, right?
1: Yeah, we got a lot, we get a lot of feedback from our customers for, you know, hey, why don't you try this or try that or make it a little longer, a little shorter, you know, so it's, and then a lot of those products have become standard products. We have about 13,000 standard products in our catalog. So. Wow.
3: So do you think it's your hope that your children will be involved with the business? How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I hope so. It would be nice if they were. But, well, I certainly won't force them to do that. Uh, <laughs> but it would be nice if they were. I think my daughter will be a, veterinary, a horse vet some one day since she's big into riding horses. But she's mentioned that. But Oh, wow. And my son's still kind of unsure what he wants to do. I wasn't real sure at 17 years old either. But. Right.
3: No, I think it's very um, a small amount of people that really know what they want to do at 17.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I like to say you're not really an adult until you're about 28 to 30 years old. But
3: <laughs> yeah, or <we're> 45.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Right? My my wife says she has three kids: Chris, Emily, and me. So <laughs> that's not a
3: bad. So
2: on that on that a note, I guess, if your kids were to enter the business, what are your thoughts on how the changes and trends in your industry will affect your future business?
1: Yeah, we, we Jared, so that's a good question because we constantly think about our business model because it's changing, you know, as I mentioned earlier, chemistry is going this way, biochemistry and living sciences, life sciences are going up. So obviously we have to evolve with that market um, and our products reflect that, you know, so obviously our, uh, My children would have to be more in the biological sciences rather than the chemistry side of things. And, uh, you know, to be aware of those markets.
2: And to survive as long as your company has, um, it's really no surprise that you have had to reinvent yourself over the years. Um, So in the future, you know, you can expect uh, more more changes for sure. So what are your competitors doing and what are some of your competitive advantages?
1: Well, um, we definitely, like I mentioned before, some of our competitors have chosen not to go into the life science market and they're still making general chemistry products, which is fine. I mean, there's still a market for that, obviously, uh, but that eventually will will diminish. It may not go away completely, but it'll it'll diminish. Um, So we've chosen to obviously adapt and, and move forward with the with the bio side of things, biology side of things.
2: I think uh, especially in times like today with the world we're in with COVID, I think a lot of business businesses are, are pivoting. I think of the old Friends episode when Ross is bringing up the, the chair up the, up the staircase and he's yelling the word pivot. Um, I just think now is the time, well, any business, whoever's listening to this now, um, you know, any business A seasoned veteran uh, to survive, just keep evaluating the future. Is uh, it was my takeaway from listening to Dave.
1: Have to adapt,
3: right? Right. Adaptation is the absolute key, I think, to to coming through this and then succeeding beyond it. I I think um, in the business world, that people people and businesses that don't adapt, they won't survive. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen that with our chamber members, Paul yeah yeah it's it's been uh, very tough um i even got news today that two very well-known restaurants in millville won't reopen oh boy. and um no
1: no
3: that, that's tough yeah that's not fit at all no and i think it's i think it's restaurants bars um things like that are really hard hit
1: yeah um, we were hard hit at the brewery and we we literally just got our preliminary approvals for the outdoor seating What's will help tremendously, but we're waiting on the state approval. We got the local approval. So uh,
3: Okay, good. I, wonder, I was going to ask you about that because you have a good parking lot area that you could do outdoor.
1: Yeah, we do. And our landlords allowing us to use some of the grass area along with our, we have kind of a patio next to our facility. So we actually can get, we figured about 22 tables with six feet of the distance between them. So
3: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks yeah if you need any any assistance with um that process with the state let me know because you know i do have contacts that would be very helpful um if you need it oh great thank you yeah that's great news i was going to ask you about that
1: yeah
3: yeah Yeah, it's it's a challenging time
1: sure is crazy
3: yeah
2: well dave um Is there anything you'd like to share from, you know, your experiences or just words of advice for, you know, put yourself in the listener's shoes? Is there anything that you'd like to share?
1: Well, again, going back to what my grandfather told me many, many years ago, you get up in the morning, go to work and do what you got to do. You know, the day will present itself. And it kind of does certainly here at Chemglass, that's for sure. Um, And I mean, if, if you have hard work and determination, definitely it gets you a long way in life. That's, that's for sure. Uh,
3: Dave, let me ask you another question, though. Um, when you were growing up or even in your college years, um, did you want to go into the family business or was there something else that you were also interested in?
1: Good question. A very good friend of mine growing up, his father was a state police officer. So I actually wanted to be a police officer. Wow. And, uh, and My father had been in the military, so I was either in a military or a police officer or something like that. And then uh, as I got older, you know, decided to, and of course, my grandfather, are you coming to work with us? You know, kind of one of those, you know, drop the hint, subtle, not so subtle <laughs> hint every so often. So, you know, ended up here. My brother actually was not in the business, interestingly enough, for several years. He went out, he went out west and worked for a while, he was in college, and then he decided to come into the business uh, a little bit later in life, but, you know, he's been here for several years, but uh, not as young as I was in the business.
3: Is he younger than you or older?
1: He's three years younger.
3: Huh. Okay. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That's interesting. Well, I'm glad you chose Kim Glass.
1: Right, thanks.
3: Because otherwise you wouldn't have been such a good board member for the chamber and involved with our organization for so long, and, <laughs> and uh, we certainly benefited from that, so...
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be part of the Dandelion committee
3: still and other committee as needed, right? Yep. 2021.
2: Dave is is well known at the Dandelion dinner as uh, the premier greeter.
1: (laughs) Vic Latour. I don't know if I can do it as good as Vic, but...
3: (laughs) That's oh, perfect. no, you have him hands down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Premier Greeter, I love that. I think we'll have a little uh, badge made up for you for next year. your' <laughs> <Premier> Greeter. <laughs> well, thanks, Dave.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
3: Yeah, we appreciate your time today and uh, all your insights. And, uh, and uh, I, I'm sure that the broadcast will be uh, welcomed by many people.
1: Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it.
2: Yeah, and thanks for being a great role model. You're definitely someone to to look up to and someone I would want my son to look up to for sure.
1: Thanks, Jared. Appreciate that.
3: And make Um, it a great day.
1: You too. Thanks.
2: (laughs) Yeah, guys. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Don. Thanks, Jared.
3: Appreciate it. Bye, Dave. Take care. Thank you. You too.
0: All right. Today, prepared. Be prepared to be impressed. We are talking to a CEO of a business that's been open since one thousand, nine hundred and forty-six, when his grandfather started this glass facility in Newfield, New Jersey. Seventy-four years the business has been open. What started in a fifteen hundred square foot facility morphed into a three-facility location inside the Vineland Industrial Park. In the 1980s, the family pivoted from assisting glass companies in making additional products that would allow them to make their finished concept. Well, ChemGlass said, if they can do it, let's give it a try. And business took off, and they began delivery. And business took off, and they began delivering their product to end customers, like research laboratories and universities, basically anyone that was conducting research. Again, in 2008, ChemGlass pivoted, changed their name from ChemGlass to ChemGlass Life Sciences, which allowed them to change with the marketplace and not be left behind. Sound familiar to the situation we're in now? And talking to Dave and talking to this CEO now is very relevant because his glass company and the business that they're in, they actually have six current customers that are working on the COVID-19 vaccine. So it's very interesting to hear from a man who has such a high-level business acumen and experience in the glass business, but then be so knowledgeable of chemistry and biochemistry and life sciences. It's very, very interesting. He has to speak to doctors and scientists and help them understand what the glass is used for, what chemicals can it be used with or not with, and and what products are in their pipeline that may be the best for the job that's at that scientist's hands. And, if you like beer, we'll even talk to Dave about his partnership in a local craft brewery called Neck of the Woods. And we'll talk about some of the type of beers that he brews, the flavors, how they came up with the names, and even one of Dave's personal favorite that he recommends you try. And stick around to the end where we discuss about adaptation and why it'll be the key to succeeding in business in our post-COVID world. And we even discuss how our chamber, or potentially your local chamber of commerce, can help you in these tough times. Enjoy the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Serdom.